welcome to B-Side, where we revisit business world stories and tell a few of our own. The COVID-19 pandemic has exposed how fragile the agriculture sector is. According to the Food and Agriculture Organization of the United Nations, a protracted pandemic crisis could quickly put a strain on food supply chains, which is a complex web of interactions involving farmers, agricultural inputs, processing plants, shipping, retailers, and more. How prepared was the Philippines for this disruption caused by COVID-19? In this episode, Magsasaka Party List representative Argel Joseph Tikabatbat tells Business World reporter Jen Chen L. Espedito about the situation of local farmers, his thoughts on the government's efforts to help the agriculture sector, and his recommendations as a legislator to improve the country's food security. They also talk about the Rice Competitive Enhancement Fund, or RCEF, which aims to modernize rice farms and increase the agriculture sector's productivity. Today, we're going to talk with Congressman Arjel Kabatbat of the Magsasaka Party List. Let me start with your thoughts on the impact of COVID-19 to farmers. Unfortunately, we don't have the exact data uh, yet as to the effect of COVID-19 to the agricultural sector and to the farmers. But during our ocular visits in some uh, markets in northern Luzon, we were able to receive some reports that our farmers are having a hard time selling their uh, produce. So aside from that, dito po sa Nebaisia, the prices of palay went up, which is a good thing for rice and palay farmers. But COVID-19 is making it difficult for the rice millers and the farmers to source their sacks. Alam niyo po, kasi dito sa rice mill, this is a, an ecosystem itself. So maganda nga yung kita, wala naman silang mahanap na sako. Pagdating din po sa Northern Luzon, no? particularly in Benguet, the traders which play a vital part in ensuring the transportation of goods from the farmers to the consumers are also having a hard time in terms of automotive and supply parts. Kasi pagka nasiraan sila ng sasakyan, wala naman silang mahanap na gagawa na talyer dahil sarado. Hindi yata napaghandaan ng husto itong COVID-19. Kailangan kasing mapag-aralan natin na hindi lang naman yung farmers ang dapat na frontliners dito eh. Maraming mga nakapaligid dyan na mga industries, small businesses. That should continue to operate. Ito po initially ang mga nare-receive nating reports and aside from that, some of the farmers, particularly the farm workers, farm workers kasi sila yung mga wala namang lupa sila yung trabahador lang. Ito'y naapektuhan din ng COVID. Marami kasi sa kanila, hindi naman lahat ay palay farmers. So, mga wala rin trabaho ngayon. May mga reports tayo, particularly dito sa Nebaisia. May mga barangay dyan na isang beses na lang kumain yung mga tao. This should really be addressed dahil this only shows hindi pa talaga effective and comprehensive and efficient ang pag-distribute ng aid sa ating mga distressed people, particularly our farmers. You mentioned the price increase, sir. So what do you think is the cause for this? I think this is happening globally as well, right? Kulang talaga tayo sa preparation. Wala talagang nakaredding policy in case this occurs. Dahil uh, naging ad hoc ang approach natin sa pag-lockdown. Tama yung ginawa ng government na mabilis ang total lockdown. Kaya lang hindi lahat ng vital industries ay na-consider na bigyan ng permission to operate and continue their businesses. 
Dagdag pa natin dyan yung mga feeds and other farm inputs, mga supplies para i-replace yung mga nasisirang farm equipment. Ayan, kailangan pa rin yan na mag-operate even on a limited capacity to continue the farming and for agricultural sector to continue to operate. How about hoarding problems? Do you think this is also one of the reasons kung bakit may supply problems tayo? Ang tendency talaga ng tao simula nang nagkaroon ng COVID is to hoard. Kaya nakita nyo naman yung mga groceries natin. Biglang nauubos yung supplies, particularly pati mga alcohol, saka mga canned goods. Hindi ito naging uh, problema lang ng mga ilang business and traders. Naging problema ito dahil lahat talaga nag-hoard. Yun ang naging tendency. Pero so far, we have no reports of particular group of people or traders na nag-hoard talaga just to jack up the prices of our basic goods. Ang pagtaas ng presyo ngayon ay bunga lang ng kahirapan sa pagtransport na goods from the farm to the consumers. How about the farmers themselves? Did any farmer reach out to you during this pandemic? Yes, maraming farmers ang humihingi talaga ng ayuda. Before, they were expecting the full implementation of RCEF. Uh, inaasahan nga nila na magkakaroon na sila ng mga modern farm equipment na ipinangako sa atin ng batas na yan, kaya lang dahil sa COVID, hindi naman natuloy. May mga farmers din na lumalapit sa atin dahil kailangan din nilang mapaloob sa social amelioration program na hindi sila naisasama. Meron ding mga farmers na hindi nila maibenta yung kanilang produce dahil wala nang mga namimili sa kanila. Particularly yung mga grape farmers sa La Union They planted grapes in anticipation of summer. Naasahan nila maraming tourists ang pupunta sa La Union para sa grape picking. Unfortunately, this lockdown happened. So nagpatulong din yan sa atin na paano ma-dispose yung kanilang produkto. Yan po yung mga problema na itinawag sa atin ng ating mga constituents. You mentioned RCEF, sir. Can you explain more on that? Why do you think its implementation was delayed? Yes, even before the lockdown, there were already problems besetting the implementation of RCEF. In fact, for 2019, if I'm not mistaken, there is an allocation of 5 billion pesos for the modernization of uh, the rice industry. Unfortunately, none of that was disbursed or spent. So for 2020, dapat madudoble yan, magiging 10 billion. So ang laki ng pera para sa modernization para sa pagbigay ng modern equipment sa farm machinery sa ating mga farmers. Nadagdagan pa ng COVID, uh, lockdown. Hindi na nga ma-implement na maayos yung nakaraan, nagkaroon pa ng COVID. Alam niyo yun, dagdag-dagdag talaga yung problema na sa pag-implement ng RCEF. Ang kagandahan naman, nagkaroon ng rice resiliency project. Before, sa RCEF, walang component as to the fertilizer subsidy, input subsidy. Pero ngayon, dahil sa na-approve na 31 billion supplemental budget for DA's uh, Rice Resiliency Project, meron ng allocation for fertilizers. Dati kasi sa RCEF, dun sa RTL, wala yan. Eh. Ito naman yung naging kagandahan ng additional budget na na-approve for, uh, for the DA's uh, Rice Resiliency Project. So sir, ano po yung nakapag-delay sa RCEF? Bakit siya hindi na-implement kahit before pa COVID? Actually, uh, we are also asking that from the Department of Agriculture. Apparently, meron yatang uh, delay pagdating sa qualifications sa bidding, sa kung sino yung makakakuha ng project na yan o ano yung mga 
terms and conditions. So, yan yung initial report sa atin. Although, not formally, pero nung nagtanong-tanong tayo sa loob ng DA, yan ang nagiging problema. They want to ensure that uh, the farm machineries that will be distributed to the farmers are of quality, hindi lang quantity. If you remember, maraming naging problema sa mga farm equipment and machineries na na-distribute before. So I think the secretary does not want that to happen and is making sure ang magiging suppliers ng farm equipment and farm machineries na to ay uh, maganda ang track record. What is your comment on the government's efforts so far to help our farmers and the response of the agricultural sector? During the deliberation, last special session, I'm glad to announce that the government listened to us. In fact, we were able to propose amendments to the proposed bill granting the president special powers. Kung mapapansin po ninyo, sa original version nila, walang mention dyan ng uh, mga farmers or the agricultural sector. But uh, sa final draft, meron ng allocation na specific para sa agricultural sector dahil naiparating natin na ngayon natin kailangan ponduhan ng ating mga magsasaka. If you remember also, I told the House during the budget deliberation uh, we should focus more on food sovereignty rather than on food security. After all, and we believe that uh, food security is food sovereignty. Ngayong panahon na po ito, ito na yung sinasabi namin na huwag tayong umasa sa importation. Ako rin ay nagtataka bakit baliw na baliw tayo sa importation. Ito kasi yung sumira at pumatay sa livelihood ng ating mga farmers. Kaya naman natutuwa kami na ngayon, nare-realize na rin yan ng mga kasamahan natin sa Congress na kailangan talagang pondohan ng malaki ang agriculture para maging self-sufficient tayo pagdating sa food production. Sa ngayon, I'm happy that uh, we are being heard and I think there is a high chance that the laws that we passed before will be amended dahil ngayon na-realize ng mga politiko natin, ng mga officials natin, na totoo nga na hindi tayo dapat mag-realize sa importation for our food security. Kita nyo nga, no, nangyari yung COVID-19, nag-lockdown ng Vietnam, ng Thailand, nag-lockdown din ng India. Kaya ito pong aming pinopropose na bill, we also converted that into a policy paper and we submitted that with IATAF. Tayo naman po yung natutuwa dahil Naririnig na rin po tayo, pati ng IATA. Recently, they formed a task force to study how we should move on as far as our agricultural reforms is uh, concerned. How about the social amelioration program, sir? Were farmers able to receive aid po? It should be done. Dapat talaga may isama ang mga farmers sa mga relief packs. Even before COVID, pinaglalaban na rin namin na ang ayuda yung yung four piece before dapat kasama ang farmers diyan pagka naman nagbigay ka ng ayuda o ng four piece sa mga farmers hindi naman nasasayang yun eh kasi productive forces ang ating mga farmers nagtatrabaho yan hindi yan tambay kaya kung yan ang pagbabasihan niyo yan ang batayan mo dapat talaga unahin mo ang mga farmers so we are happy that uh, the farmers are being included although hindi lahat ano pa din eh, uh, may perennial issue pa rin ng politicization ng distribution ng corpies and uh, ng SAP. Dahil marami tayong naririnig din na uh, uh, report from the ground. Ang mga nakakatanggap, yung mga kamag-anak o kakilala ng kapitan, kaya ito yung nakakalungkot. No? But I hope that in DSWD, meron silang grievance machinery. I hope this will really work. Kasi sa dami ng narinig nating reports, 
I'm having this feeling that this is really widespread. Hindi lang ito isolated case. Sana matugunan to ng DSWD and I know the DSWD, the LGUs, overworked na talaga yan ngayon. Kaya lang talagang hihilingin natin sa kanila na pagigihan pa nila. Dahil meron tayong report from Ibon Foundation, 3.6% of our farmers and fisher folks, yan pa lang ang naging beneficiaries ng DOLE and DA programs. So, out of 9.7 million farmers, ang nakatanggap pa lang ay nasa around 350,000 farmers and fisher folks. And that is alarming. Kaya if DA and DSWD need to hire contractual workers just to ensure a more efficient distribution of uh, this aid, then they should do so. Otherwise, uh, patay na yung kabayo pag dumating yung damo. How about the kidiwa on wheels or mobile markets? Do you think this can lead to the potential removal of middlemen? I've been asking around as to the effectivity of kadiwa on wheels. Maganda yung concept, yung, pero yung implementation sa ground, maraming problema. For example, yung nilalagay nilang kadiwa dyan sa may Quezon City Circle, iisa lang daw ang timbangan. So, ang pila ng tao na pakahaba. Ang magsasaka party list, we have our own project yung magsasaka outlet. We have our rolling stores. We have our community magsasaka outlets. Iba kasi, pag yung policy maker ang nandun na sa ground eh. In my case, pinag-aralan ko talaga yung supply chain yan from Benguet to Pangasinan, from Nebaisia to NCR. Tapos kung paano yung movement ng product within NCR during covid doon ko na-realize na hindi talaga yung rolling store ang solution eh. Kailangan ng less contact and efficient distribution of products to the consumers. And I realized that the public market system during COVID has failed. Kasi hindi ka naman pwedeng pumunta ngayon sa public market para mamili. Dahil una, walang transportation. Kalawa, hindi talaga kayo pwedeng mag-congest dyan. So that solution is really to put up community markets. In our version, we put up community magsasaka outlets. Ang magsasaka outlet kasi, ito po yung project ng party list. Na katulad ng Kadiwa, na as much as possible, we buy directly from the farmers. Then we sell it at a lower price to the consumers. So far, effective naman. Kaya lang po, yung sa Kadiwa, I think kailangan siguro ng konting improvement sa operations nila. Maganda po yung concept, pero kailangan talagang improve yung operations. And uh, in our case, kasi sa magsasaka partly, sa magsasaka outlet namin, tinututukan ko talaga. Kaya naman sa isang outlet namin, dapat may dalawa o tatlong timbangan dyan para hindi maghintay yung tao. At dapat, ang ibabagsak mong produkto doon, gulay o prutas, hindi masyadong marami. For example, sa isang araw, pag nagbagsak ka dyan ng 200 kilogram worth of vegetables, maubos na yan ng isang araw. Pero kung babagsakan mo yan ng 400, bagamat mura, dadagsain ka na ng tao para maubos mo yan sa isang araw. So you, you see there is science behind retailing of agricultural products. And it will pay if our officers, officials from the DA, will really go down and observe from the ground ano yung kailangan pa nilang improve. After all, hindi naman ito competition magsasaka party list and secretary DARP believe in the same concept, we will also be suggesting improvements to, to their kadiwa based on our experiences in uh, the operation of our magsasaka outlets. So sir, do you think the cause of this is a lack of funding or lack of foresight? 
siguro ano, motivation siguro kasi pagdating sa funding, mas maraming pondo ang DA compared kung magsasaka part place ng wala naman talaga kaming pondo eh. Pero iba kapag nakatutok ka talaga, meron talagang responsible person, accountable person who will really oversee the project. Hindi lang siya sinasahuran, he or she also believes in the advocacy and he is motivated and he's also supervised. Diyan siguro mas mapapabilis maging efficient ang operation ng kaliwa on wheels. In our case, sa magsasaka outlet, napakadami naming ako lang personal, sa kay mga kasama ko, napakarami naming natutunan pagdating sa retail ng mga gulay. Kaya nga tumaas ang respeto ko talaga sa mga taga-palengke dahil napakahirap pala talaga magbenta ng gulay. In fact, uh, during the early operations of our magsasaka outlet, ako yung nagda-drive ng truck, ako yung nagpapahinante, may kasama ako na public official din na mataas, NCR, siya ang nagkakahera. Uh, min yung top brass ng uh, party list, talagang lumusong kami sa putik, pinag-aralan talaga namin yan. Para hindi lang kami, in theory, nagdi-discuss na ito dapat ang gawin ng kadiwa, ito dapat ang gawin ng DA, ito dapat ang gawin ng gobyerno. Natutunan talaga namin, pati yung kung paano yung tamang pagsalansan ng mga gulay, paano i-transport. So, you see, our government officials should have the same standard of service na ito kasi yung parating nagiging puna sa mga taong gobyerno. Eh, na porke ba swelduan lang sila, ginagawa nila yung kanilang trabaho in a mediocre way, ito dapat yung magbago. Especially na ngayon na nasa crisis tayo. So, kung ano yung standard ng performance ng isang private employee, dapat ganyan din ang sa gobyerno. At kung ganyan ng standard ng trabaho ng mga nagmaman ng kadiwa stores, may improve talaga nila ito. And I think, they, just given the proper motivation, they can and I think they will improve kung may konti pang supervision from the secretary himself or from the USEX ng DA. Kasi napakaganda po ng, ano, napakaganda ng konsepto ng kadiwa. Yun lang po, dapat talaga pati yung tao maisama sa formula as to how to make this project uh, work and successful. How about your thoughts on the 31 billion budget for the agricultural sector? Do you think this is enough? And were these funds able to reach our farmers already? Before COVID, I've been meeting with uh, Yusek Kayanan and we arrived at a reasonable amount as to the need of the DA in order for the department to deliver on its promises of rejuvenated the uh, agricultural industry. Ang nakikita naming budget ay nasa around 230 billion. Maliit pa nga ito eh, pero syempre kailangan naman natin consider ang pangangailangan ng ibang departamento. So we arrived at that amount. So this 31 billion supplemental budget, of course, any budget is welcome. After all, this is just a supplemental budget. We are happy that the DA is being given a priority in terms of allocation of funds. But I am alarmed because only 8.5 billion has been secured so far. So nasan pa yung kulang na around what 20 billion, 20 2, 21, 23 billion. Medyo nababagalan tayo sa pag-release ng pondo. Dahil ang agriculture kasi hindi naman yan na, hindi mo na na-delay eh. For example, ang mga rice farmers natin, naghihintay sila dati ng libreng seeds. Yung mga gandang seeds galing sa DA. Pero dahil malapit na magtag-ulan, 
malapit na yung dapat na panahon na nagtatanim sila, napilitan sila ngayon na kumuha na lang ng seed sa kung saan-saan, hindi na nila nahihintay yung seed na galing sa DA. Dumating yun, uh, three weeks, four weeks, after na nila nakapagtanim. Kasi kailangan sabay-sabay din kayong magtatanim yan eh, dahil talagang ang alay may sinusundan talagang season yan. So, ito yung kailangan na maintindihan din ng DA na time of the essence pagdating sa farming. Hindi mo talaga pwedeng i-delay yan. So, this delay, yun, uh, ang na-secure pa lang natin is nasa around 8.5 billion. So, that translates to 23 billion worth of delayed farming activity. Na kung na-release lang sana yan, talagang malaki ang expect nating improvement sa output ng mga farmers. So, this is alarming and this is sad. I hope the DA and the DBM can come up with a way to release this fund as soon as possible. Given all of these efforts, what else do you think our government should do to help our farmers? You can call any farmer you know. Tanungin mo sa kanya, ano ba yung mga programa ng gobyerno para sa iyo? And uh, for sure, ang sasagot niya, hindi niya alam. So may malaking problema sa ground dahil hindi nila alam kung ano ba yung mga projects na para sa kanila. So hindi nila alam kung ano yung nawawala sa kanila. This also is one of the projects of Magsasaka Party List to educate our farmers. Uh, ito yung mga available programs and services for you. In fact, may mga successful projects kaming ganito na kung saan nag-hold kami ng mga symposium ng meetings before COVID, pinaliwanag namin sa kanila. Ito yung mga pwede nyo makuha sa gobyerno, particularly sa Negro, sa Iloilo. Ito yung mga ito yung mga pwede nyo hingin sa government. Ito yung mga pwede nyo hingin sa DA. Hindi lang nga DA eh, pati Landbank. After namin magbigay ng talk doon, meron kaming trinane na isang tao para i-assist yung mga farmers doon. Kanina lang, tumawag sa akin na naaprubahan na nga daw yung mga application nila sa land bank for loan. Tapos mayroon na rin mga ibibigay na libre ang DA sa kanila. So alam nyo yun, nagsimula lang sa information, minigay mo lang sa kanila yung dapat nilang malaman, at sinabi natin sa kanila na huwag niyong hintayin na yung gobyerno yung lapit sa inyo. Ngayon na alam nyo na kung anong mga government services and projects available to you, kayo na ang mangulit sa mga ahensya ng gobyerno. Dahil yung mga yan, kakaunti lang din naman sila, hindi rin naman talaga nakakaikot yan para magbigay ng talk, magbigay ng symposium. Dahil sa project na yun, nagbunga ngayon after four months, good news sa atin. So we intend to replicate this in the provinces where we have coordinators. And we want our fellow party lists to do the same na sa mga constituents nyo, i-educate nyo sila. After all, we are doing this project also to end the patronage politics. Ang problema natin ngayon, ang mga tao, hindi dumidiretso sa government agencies pag humihingi sila ng tulong. Numidiretso sila sa mga district and parties congressmen, congresswomen. Kung tuturuan mo lang yung tao kung paano nila ma-access itong mga government projects and services on their own by empowering them, informing them of the procedure, magbubunga to. They can stand up on their own feet. Hindi na nga nila kakailanganing lumapit pa sa mga politiko. At yung mga politiko naman, after, mawala silang ng burden para itawid pa itong mga to sa mga government agencies. So, this is win-win situation eh. Win-win solution to eh. And uh, we have proof that it works. Yun nga po, nakatawag lang sa amin kanina, naka-access sila ng mga libreng mga ayuda galing sa gobyerno at pati sa landbank na hindi pa nila na-access sa buong buhay nila. Ilang, na, ilang taon na silang nakikipaglaban pati sa 
karapatan nila sa lupa. Hindi nila alam na hindi lang pala lupa ang may bibigay sa kanila ng gobyerno, kundi mga support services. Ito po ang tingin namin na dapat i-replicate ng iba. In other words, sir, there's lack of awareness on government programs. So, government agencies need to reach out to these farmers for them to know what programs and benefits they can avail. Yes, that's uh, that's correct. Uh, okay. Sana maglaan tayo ng mas malaki-laking pondo pa para hindi... Alam nyo, laban din ito sa misuse eh. Do you know what I discovered last year during the budget deliberation? Marami palang mga pondo ang hindi nagagastos ng different government agencies. So, nagtataka ako, marami namang nagre-request na mga farmers ng mga ganitong programs and projects. Pero, pagka lumapit sa atin ng mga government agencies, hindi nila nauubos yung kanilang mga pondo. So, parang may mali ako. So, doon ko na-discover nga, hindi naman pala talaga nagre-request itong mga farmers directly for these projects and programs. Kaya rin naman pala, hindi nauubos yung budget. Or worse, napupunta yung budget sa hindi maganda. Kaya kapag ka ang mga tao natin well-informed, of the government projects and services. Isa rin itong pang-counter para yung pondo ay hindi magamit sa corruption, hindi ma-malverse. Kaya dapat pagtuunan pa natin ng pondo din yung information dissemination. Farmers are also considered as our frontliners since they produce essential goods. In line with this, sir, do you think they need PPEs also? Well, that depends. Kung ang farmer hindi naman umaalis sa kanyang farm, at uh, alam nyo naman sa sa bukid, wala namang siksikan dyan eh. So, pwede eh. A simple mask will do. Pero pagka kailangan na niyang ikalakal yung kanyang mga produkto, kailangan niya lumabas ng bayan niya, that's the time that he really needs to wear a PPE. Yeah, kailangan po ng PPE pero case-to-case basis. Yan po ang stand namin dyan. So sir, do you think this is one of the problems of the Kaliwa on Wheels because farmers lack access to PPEs? Ngayon kasi ang setup naman ng agriculture and retail natin, walang masyadong interaction ang farmer sa consumer. Ang may interaction talaga yung mga vendors or traders and consumers. So sa amin, sila talaga yung mas may kailangan ng PPEs. Although nakakalungkot nga lang, may mga farmers dyan na kung itrato, hindi bilang isang frontliner, hindi bilang isang ordinaryong tao na pagkatapos yung ibenta yung kanyang produkto sa stabilang bayan, pag uwi niya, kailangan pa siyang i-quarantine ng 14 days. So for 14 days, di siya makabili ng kailangan niya sa bukid o hindi siya makautang o hindi siya makagawa ng kahit anong economic activity dahil nga hindi talaga frontliner ang trato sa kanya. So more than the need for PPE, I think there is a need for the farmers to be given the status of a frontliner. How about your thoughts on the ASF or the African swine fever? Do you have any news if the disease came back? And what are its effects on the farmers and the economy? The latest update that we have was during the subcommittee hearing on ASF last March 9, 2020. So dito lang tayo nakakahingi ng update. So far, wala na tayong naging update. But you can only surmise, you can only guess. Nakasama sa ma-eradicate or mako-contain sa COVID ay ang ESF because of the restricted movement of people. Even before COVID, may restriction na talaga sa transportation ng pork. Educated guess lang na sa tingin namin, kasama na maiko-contain tong ASF sa pag-contain natin ng COVID. I believe, sir, you are pushing for a food security plan. 
Can you walk us through this proposal po? Noon pa natin isinisigaw na paano kung dumating yung panahon na hindi na tayo bigyan ng pagkain ng mga dayuhang bansa na ito. Saan tayo ngayon kukuha ng pagkain? Ayun, nangyari nga itong COVID. So, ito nga po yung sinabi ko noon sa budget deliberation noon na matagal na nating ipinag sa walang bahala ang pagtulong sa ating mga magsasaka. So, ngayong COVID-19, gusto nating ipaintindi at ipangudngud sa mukha ng bawat Pilipino na ang magsasalba sa atin sa crisis na to ay hindi yung magsasaka ng Thailand, magsasaka ng Vietnam at uh, magsasaka ng ibang bansa. Ang magsasalba po sa atin sa crisis na ito ay magsasakang Pilipino. Yung magsasakang Pilipino na hindi natin binigyan ng importansya. Dito po natin nakikita ngayon na napakahalaga ng food sovereignty. Napakahalaga ng mga Filipino farmers. At kakaunting oras na lang ang ibinibigay sa atin ng tadhana para i-correct yung ating mga pagkakamali. So, this is really the gist of our policy proposals for us to shift from food security to food sovereignty. And after all, mas maganda para sa ating environment ang pag-shift from food security to food sovereignty. Dahil kung pag-aaralan niyo pong mabuti ang food sovereignty, uh, it considers nature and ecosystems and its impact to the environment in producing our own food. Ang nangyari po kasi, kapag kasusundan natin yung globalization ng commodification of food, ito yung nagbukas ng pinto para sa mga mega farms. And uh, as we all know, mega farms, hindi yan environmentally sustainable. Dahil maraming, anibawa, mono monocropping lang. Ilang daang hektarya ng lupa, ang itatanim mo ay isang crop lang. So, mas mahina siya sa mga peste. Dahil wala yung natural predators na wala yung ecosystem sa lugar. So, para na ma mapigilan mo yung mga peste, gagamit ka naman pesticides na hindi rin naman maganda sa lupa. So, para yung lupa, may balik mo yung nutrients, gagamit ka lang din naman ng mga ibang mga chemicals para maipagpatuloy mo lang yung monocropping system mo, hindi rin maganda sa lupa. Napakarami pong problema ng ating agriculture at yung inadapt nating neoliberal policy. And uh, I believe that we should seriously consider shifting to food sovereignty. At ito na lang yung natitirang panahon na dapat nating gawin ito. Otherwise, baka maging irreparable na ang damage nito, hindi lang sa agriculture eh, kundi pati sa climate change in general. Dahil hindi talaga nakakontribute at nakasira pa sa ating mundo, sa ating environment, ang dating nakaugalian natin na pagsasaka. And that concludes another episode of B-Side. Once again, you heard Magsasaka Party List Representative Arjel Joseph T. Kabatbat talking with Business World reporter Jenshen L. Espedido about the issues plaguing the agriculture sector and our farmers. The pandemic is putting a strain on food supply chains, and we are paying the price for the delay in modernizing our rice farms and neglecting our farmers. Mr. Kabatbat argues that in the long term, the Philippines should aim for food sovereignty, which is defined as the right of each nation to maintain and develop its own capacity to produce its basic foods, respecting cultural and productive diversity. This episode was recorded remotely on April 28. This is Samuel Marcelo. Thanks for listening. <laughs>